Welcome to the Unapologetically Educated Podcast, a place for leadership, education, and real talk, where we can discuss the ups and downs, changing trends, and straightforward conversations about education. Now, your host of the Unapologetically Educated Podcast, Principal Hannibal. Thank you guys so much for tuning in to the season one finale of Unapologetically Educated. Guys, thank you for listening, subscribing, your feedback, shopping on the Unapologetically Educated store. Like, it has meant the world to me. But not only that, like, it's been able to, um, I feel like, grow everybody in the space. Like, anybody who's came on the show have been able to circle back and say, hey, Hannibal, like, I listened to the other episode and I learned this and I'm trying this. Like, it pushes us as a leadership collective to grow ourselves. So thank you so much for pouring into this. Um This episode, and if you have not paid attention to the other episodes, all of the titles have a hip-hop R&B reference in them somewhere in the title. And so this week's episode's uh, title is Ain't No Love in the Heart of the City. And if you are a hip-hop enthusiast like myself, you know that is from the Jay-Z Classic Blueprint album. And the reason why I chose that album is because I was listening to it um, last week and it just stuck with me. And as soon as I heard the following lyrics, I just thought about being a school leader. So the lyrics are, first the fat boys break up. Now every day I wake up, somebody got a problem with Hove. What's up, y'all people all fed up? Because I got a little cheddar and my wreck is moving out the stove. And then the beat dropping. Y'all know what happened after that. But the reason why this song stuck with me is because I started thinking about, like, man, this is just like how I feel as a school leader. Like, everybody around us, you know, we got to have the plan. We got to be on 19 million Zoom meetings. And then we got to have the, the reorganized plan, the re-re-plan, the other plan for the plan. And then as soon as we feel like we get the plan right, They switch it up on us. And so, uh, but we're always criticized like, hey, you know, my principal ain't doing really nothing and they getting all the money. Child, have 10 seats because that is not the case. Um, And so I hope that as leaders out there, number one, that you're respecting and loving on your teachers. But like, this is not a seat that everybody can handle at this moment in our lives, but, you know, in any moment. Because we are, I tell people all the time, we're the middleman. And if you're not ready to get punched in your face and criticized every day, then the principalship ain't for you. Because you got to know how to handle that thing. And so I say that to say, like, I just, you know, people thought, hey, you got a promotion, you got a raise. Are you feeling yourself? No, that's not it. Because in order to do this work, you got to be able to serve. And so that song just stuck with me. And then I started building the show and I started thinking like, what are like some essential components that we're going to need as leaders to go back to work, um, you know, for this school year, upcoming school year. And I started thinking about, man, we got to nail culture as as school leaders. We got to nail taking care of the people in the space. Then I was thinking, man, we got to have, we got to take care of ourselves. So what is therapy and self-care? What does that look like? And then lastly, I was like, who going to motivate us? We need it. Motiv- we need, not need it. We need motivation. And so on the on the show today, I am just excited to have three phenomenal people in the work that, that are really kind of like, to me, um, leaders in that work specifically. So first, I have Principal Wesson from Lancaster ISD, and my girl is a culture queen. Um, and she don't put all her business out there on social media, but I can tell you if you haven't, start following her because she's just an up-and-coming leader that you need to know. Um, two is Erica Worthily. She is a therapist, but also a social worker in education. And so she's here to talk to us about taking care of ourselves so we can take care of others. And then last but not least, I have my man, Mr. Zero Apology Zone, Mr. Vernon Wright on her on here today to give us some motivation, some vision, some push as we move into the next school year. And so without further ado, Principal Wesson, introduce yourself. Okay, uh, my name is Raquel Wesson, and I am currently the principal at Carver uh, Sixth Grade Center in Lancaster ISD. Uh, this year jumped off my 10th year in education, so I'm still kind of new, I guess. Um, but I am 
instructionally sound, unapologetically instructionally sound, but I do lead with love. And culture is always um, my main priority because I feel like everything else will fall into place uh, when people feel loved and valued. So I love all my teachers, uh, but they'll tell anybody who's like, I want to come over there, you're going to work. <laughs> you're going to work, but we're going to have fun. I'm going to love on you. So I'm really big on culture and morale. Like, that is, like, the number one thing for students as well. Um, which one know what I'm listening to? Yeah, uh, not yet. Oh, okay. So that's just who I am. I've been in Lancaster for – I started in Keller. So I was a seventh grade math teacher and coach. So I was in Keller ISD for a year. And and, and that's a different beast in itself. It's mm -hmm. a different lane. Uh, you have different issues there. Uh, you don't have to worry about materials and manipulatives and parent support. You get that. It's a helicopter parent, right. parenting. Um, but I wanted to come back to Lancaster and I wanted to help students that look like me. Mm -hmm. um, and so I came back and I was there. I was a math teacher, seventh grade math teacher and coach for two years at the middle school. And if you work at Lancaster Middle School, you get your stripes. Like anybody, you can school. work there, you can work anywhere. And then I became the math coach there. And then I was assistant principal in Rosa Parks Millbrook Elementary. And then I appreciated my elementary experience as an administrator um, because it got, it kind of, softened me up a little bit in the right ways and then kind of helped me with it more with the instructional realm. And I was a principal in Cedar Hill for one year mm -hmm. at Plummer Elementary and I came back to the sixth grade campus. So I like middle school better because I just like this bell schedule and, you know, it's, it is what it is. Yes. Like elementary school, you be like, what is going on? You've been in this one classroom for two and a half hours. I, I don't even know where you are. Is it the right. beginning, the middle, the end? Is it fluff? Is it restroom break? Take me to secondary. But elementary will give you that on a bad day, yes. they, they'll make you feel good every day. Yes. And, and so I did enjoy that. So I'm here. I'm excited to be here. And thank you for having me. Because I definitely did not know you knew who I was. <laughs> I did. Girl, I'm creeping. I'm telling you. I, it's a lot of people out there that I've, I've been tapping. So let's go with uh, Miss Worthily. Tell us about yourself. Sure. I am currently a licensed clinical social worker. But... <laughs> Um, I began my original career, my first career as a graphic designer. I did that for about 10 years, was one of those people who got to that quarter lifetime in my life. Like, I can't do this forever. This is not fulfilling to me. What do I really want to do? Um, and after talking to several people, I realized that I, I really was a social worker at heart. Um, so during the time that I decided to go back to school to get my master's degree, I also began that same year teaching and I'm with you on the middle school. I'll take middle school all day. <laughs> Something's wrong with all of I us. I love middle schoolers. So, put that out there. <laughs> um, so I taught middle school. Part of the reason at the time my children were teenagers. So as a teacher, I was on the same schedule as my kids while I was in school. So that worked out really well for us. Um, my original plan was to get my temporary teaching certificate. And then once I graduated, just keep going. But I couldn't leave that easily just because I have such a big heart for the kids and I enjoyed what I was doing. Um, and so I ended up teaching, uh, substituting one year and then teaching full time for six years. Mm. Um, I was at one school for five years. And then my last year, I switched to a school that's more urban, for lack of better words. Um, I don't regret that move one bit, even though I only stayed there one year. Part of the reason I only stayed one year is because there was so many challenges within that school that I felt like I couldn't do anything about as a social studies teacher. And so I, I told the, I talked to the principal and I was like, listen, my heart is for these kids, but I can't do this job. I need to be able to move into social work so that I can do the things for the kids that I really, like I wasn't able to fill those gaps and meet mm. those needs mm -hmm. when I was worried about test scores. Right. So, um, and he, he was like, I completely understand, you know, do what you have to do. Uh, I still came back, you know, years after I was still helping coach track, I was still volunteering. Um, but now I'm the past year I've been doing social work full time, um, independently. I do contract with schools. I provide professional development related to mental health, mm -hmm. helping um, 
not teachers not only understand what may be going on with the students in their household, but talking directly to educators like, hey, you need to get a checkup from right. the neck up. <laughs> right. like, what is really going on? <laughs> is, is it always the kids? What's happening with you? So a lot of my focus is um, kind of narrowed from not just working with the kids, but narrowed to the people that are in the building with the kids most of the waking hours, which most of the time is the teachers. All right. So my focus shifted to them. All right. And then Mr. Wright, tell them about yourself. Well, let me go ahead and say that the name is Vernon Ryder. Uh, as I tell folks, uh, I believe that's what it says on the birth certificate, unless somebody changed it. <laughs> Honored and privileged and blessed. Yes, blessed to be with you all here today on this show. The founder of ZeroApologyZone.com, entrepreneur, visionary speaker, mastermind mentor, many other things that I've been blessed to be able to do, as well as be involved uh, in school leadership at different levels of supporting this thing we call leadership within education. Really, uh, people ask me, ZeroApologyZone.com, what is that about, right? right? And simply, I tell them this, uh, and I could go on that, uh, on and on about that for a long time, but that's not the scope and sequence for you <laughs> curriculum and instruction people. That's not the scope and sequence <laughs> of what we're doing here on this show. So let me go ahead and just tell people that I say this is based on connect, impact, and scale. Connection, are we making authentic connections, Right. Impact, people always ask me, Vernon, what does impact mean? Impact simply is this to me and the Vernon Wright definition in the world. Are we adding value to the things that people are trying to do in terms of helping them to get their end desired goals and outcomes met? Scale. We don't talk about scale a lot in education. My bachelor's degree is in economics and finance. So I've always been a business guy, as they would say on the streets, a hustler, right? Mm. And uh, scale is how do we take these remarkable phenomenal experiences and connect them with as many people as possible. We just don't want to go ahead and do something and say, Hey man, this is a great experience. Let me keep it to myself. We want to scale. Mm -hmm. And so in anything that we do scale is important. Mastermind mentor, very blessed to have created a few different masterminds and mentor individuals at this point uh, in my life, I have completely and totally dedicated myself to scale, but not only scale of my endeavors, but scale in terms of elevating other voices. And that's one of the reasons we were talking about this before we really went on air about the importance of that. And I just credit and thank each of you on this call for doing that. What are you, what is in your ear right now? What are you listening to right now? And then what are you reading? So give me one thing that is your jam right now. And one thing that you are reading to, um, you know, um, either grow yourself or just for pleasure. One particular thing I'm listening to. Uh, I mean, my, my playlist will range from Adele, Tasha Cobbs, all the way to Megan Thee Stallion. Okay. But when I got out of the car, I was vibing. I love Lil Wayne. I okay. am a Lil Wayne fan, and I love the old stuff. So Hustler Music okay. is like my number one jam to get me yes. in, the, in the mood. You don't know how much my husband played that. Man, I was like, if you cut this on, we were younger. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Okay, so Hustle what are you music. Okay, what are you reading? Uh, what is the book, Michael Todd's book? Is it the relationship book right now? I have, I'm trying, I kind of unplugged from the work, right? I'm, I'm still on contract right now until next week. But uh, it's the Michael Todd relationship book. I'm starting that one. Okay. But I'll be honest, I am a math mind. Mm -hmm. So I struggle reading. Okay. And staying focused. And I, back then, I think, you know, IEPs and everything's changed now. I think I needed one for reading. I <laughs> uh, needed to read out loud to comprehend and those type yeah. of things. So I kind of, I'm a math person strictly. So I read it and then right. I put it down and I have to go back. It has to be really good for me to s stay in it. Yeah, and I think that, you know what, that, but I think sometimes as educators, we're so on the go to sit down and start, like, to process a book, unless mm -hmm. it has, for me, it has to have nothing to do with education. Right. If, that's that, if it has anything to do with education, I am going to kind of read it um, in pieces just because I'm like, my mind starts going too many places. Yeah. Um, all right, so Vernon, what you, what you listening to, what's in your ear, and then what you reading? Well, you know, one of the things that I listen to, uh, I believe you all may be familiar with the is a song entitled Golden. 
Mm-hmm. And I want to be living my life mm-hmm. like it's golden. Put a G along. Uh, <laughs> let me also go ahead and take us back a little while to the names of some groups you may be familiar with, named like Jodeci, New Edition, yes. mm. Mint Condition. Mm-hmm. Yes, those are all my jams. Don't like play. That. I start yes, singing as as well as let me throw in a one that may be a little bit more obscure for some folks. Jacket edge, Man, uh, anything, <laughs> right, right, and anything that is smooth jazz because I I like to think of myself as smooth, even though not everyone else may think that. <laughs> you better have a Rudy V uh, voice when you talk about jacket edge, right? <laughs> jacket <laughs> edge, or as on. they say on the song, J E. Yes. For those that might be listening, J E. What am I out. reading right now? Let me shift to that real quick. Many, many, many things. Um, I. <laughs> I'm one of those people that probably has about 10 or 15 different books that I have in the hopper right now that I'm currently reading uh, and or listening to because I'm a huge um, Audible.com fan. Two right now that are very much so game changers and big ones for disciplines of execution. Mm, good one. Um, that's a big one. And as well, because I'm a huge John C. Maxwell fan. It is a phenomenal book. Laws of Leadership. Phenomenal book phenomenal i every year my book has food and paper clips and sticky notes in it because every year i open that book up every year i every school leader everybody who wants to be an entrepreneur or lead others you need that book for execution uh, for disciplines of execution for disciplines of execution and 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 to give a little teaser for the folks so they kind of move them in or nudge them in the direction of getting the book you know, they may not necessarily know the difference between a leading indicator and a lagging mm, indicator. Mm-hmm, I'll mm-hmm. just kind of leave it right there. Yes, right. All right, Erica, what's in your ear? All right. So over the last several weeks, I've been I've drifted a lot to the old, old school, like stuff that came out probably around the time I was born or before then. <laughs> so like, you know, Sam Cooke, okay. Nina Simone, some of that, you know, the, the smooth stuff, but old stuff. Right. Um, and I can't even give you a name of a particular song right now, but I have drifted toward a lot of that lately. Um, just because it, it's, it makes me think mm-hmm. differently. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Um, kind of puts you in the mind of the time, um, especially with some of the lyrics. And then with the reading, I'm reading The Wealth Choice, Success Secrets of Black Millionaires. It's Dennis Kimbrough. Mm. And then um, I'm also a John Maxwell fan, The 15 Invaluable Laws of Growth. Ooh, I haven't read that one. Oh, it's it's really good. <laughs> Okay, I'm putting that on my list. Invaluable lies. Okay. Yeah. So um, for me, I am listening to <laughs> right now. Stevie Wonder, "Love Is in a Le- Love's in Need of Love," yeah. is always constantly on my playlist. Um, and then I said it already on another podcast. But y'all, I'm just in love with the J Electronica album. So I continue. It's on repeat all the time. Um, so those are my two that Stevie Wonder right now and Jay Electronica, just because like I think people are sleeping on him and they, they need not to. Um, book that I'm reading right now is um, All Students Must Thrive. It is um, like a combination of authors, but um, everybody is into like, you know, if it says anti-racist on the title, I'm going to buy it. Um and which I think is asinine. And I'm not saying like knocking anybody. I'm saying right. get a book that really, number one, if you don't, if you struggle with racism or you're trying to dive more into learning more about how to be an anti-racist, like, like those books are for you. But like, for me, I want to understand like my kids are coming back and how to really tap into their emotional health. Um, but then right. some of the tools in the book can be utilized even for your staff. So um, that's what, um, I, that's what I'm reading currently. So let's talk. Um, how does your current work that you do now support school leadership? So Principal Wesson is culture. Um, Erica is uh, mental health and wellness. And Vernon is, hey, he's the, the motivator, the mentor. So talk to us about like the work you do right now and how that work can support our leaders going back to school. I'll I'll go, go ahead. Go ahead. I'll, I'll let you in. go. Go ahead. Um, I've had several conversations over the last few months 
with people that are in education. Like I said, even though I'm not a teacher, I still work very closely with schools. Um, you know, we talk about what it's going to look like, what it's going to be like, what are our kids going through while they're out of school. A lot of people don't necessarily realize the amount of anxiety they're experiencing because they don't necessarily know to put that word with what they're experiencing. A lot of people um, think of anxiety as more exaggerated. Um, but the fact of the matter is we all experience anxiety because what it is is a fear of the unknown, mm. right? So in a lot of, so people may think, um, oh, I'm not worried about anything, but then you're constantly like, well, what about this? And what about this? When you keep asking what about and what if and trying to play out scenarios and um, things like that, and it's, and it's keeping you up at night and it's, you know, cycling in your head and things like that. And you're not really able to take the time to slow down enough to come up with a solution. That's anxiety. Um, one of the things that are pieces of advice that I've been giving people is to take the time to enjoy your summer. And I right. know administrators, I know administrators are still working, but there needs to be um, cut off to your hours as administrators. So you need to determine, I don't know if the hours are set or what the matter is, but you know, okay, at this time I start working, at this time I stop working and I need to shift gears. Um, and it can be a little bit difficult for people who aren't used to compartmentalizing to, to do that, but it's a better way to nurture yourself because you can't nurture other people if you don't know how to do it for yourself. You can't preach it if you're not practicing it. Mm -hmm. So if you want people to participate in becoming active in their own self-care, you as the leader mm -hmm. need to be also practicing and we have um, to model it. what it means to be practicing self-care. So though a lot of people, you know, think, okay, I have to get all these done. We don't know what's going to happen in the fall. We got to make sure everything is in place. The challenge with that is, we don't know what's going to happen in the fall. We can come up with all the plans we want, but that may change in three weeks. Right. And we don't know that, but you don't need to stress yourself um, so, so terribly that because what happens like specifically with anxiety is people make themselves sick. Mm. Um, and then, and, you know, and that's the, the simplest way to put it, but it's called somatic symptoms. You know, you start getting migraines, you start having issues with your gut health, you start having um, issues with digestion and things like that because you're internalizing that stress. So even if other people can't see it, it everything has energy. So it's going somewhere and you're internalizing it affects your body. Gotcha. So, you know, make gain weight when you're trying to lose weight. You might lose weight and you're trying to figure out why this is happening and it's a lot of the stress that is um, you're experiencing as a result of some of that anxiety because of the many unknowns. You know, we didn't get a chance to finish out the school year face-to-face -face and, you know, close out the school year normally and things like that. Um, but carving out that time to say, these are my work hours. These are my family hours. This is my time just for me, whatever you decide that to look like think that's one of the best ways to manage as far as the mental health aspect of being a leader. I think that the the people that work with you should be able to see how you're balancing. Right. And it shouldn't just be a facade in front of people like, oh, you go in front of people and you have it all together and then you're behind closed doors and you're breaking down. Like it actually has to be a genuine effort. All right. So Raquel, <laughs> you're a principal. Yeah. So what it, what what is your your advice? So you got some brand new principles. You got some principles that keep doing the same year over and over the same first year. Mm -hmm. um, you're the what I call like somebody people need to understand and know about culture. Like in order for you to be that good at it, mm -hmm. it means that it has to fill your cup too. So right. talk to us about how planning and being intentional and leading with love mm -hmm. helps also like you be able to be an effective principal and you know thrive and survive right i think like you you did point out that that it has something to do with who i am um i 
oftentimes I talk to new administrators. I'm like, I can't teach you to care. Mm-hmm. Right. I can teach you different things, but I can't to genuinely care about people. is something that you are born with or you have cultivated over time. Um, but that is like my love language. So I kind of work through that. Uh, my love language is gifts and words of affirmation. And that's just who I am. So it's kind of natural. But right now I would encourage um, new administrators or even administrators that have been in the game for a while to just like think outside of the box. What can you do that's just that would be epic that and, it, and make sure that it's you. So a lot of times people are like, what did you do? What did you do? And I see people doing good things all the time. And I'm like, hey, stay in your lane. That ain't you. You ain't think about that. Mm-hmm. Don't try to be somebody that you're not. So I am genuinely, authentically me at all times. As I was like this as a teacher. I was like this as a coach. This is who I am. But I would say that. You know, they used to, you know, they say it's lonely at the top and that's true. And I remember coming up in training and my mentors would be like, you can't be friends with your teachers. Don't ask. And I'm like, I'm not trying to be anybody's friend, but it is important for them to know that I care about who you are outside of my campus. So start just asking. I don't need a long drawn out answer, but hey, how are you doing today? How's your son? And I'm I'm saying this in passing, so I don't need you to tell me, oh, he he's on, you know, he's doing this, he's doing that. No, I need you to understand that I know you have a son, right? Or I know you have this, and right. I genuinely care. Even when it comes to, like, reprimanding, I'm always like, hey, how's it going this morning? Is there anything I need to know? Okay, then I say, okay, don't forget, you're supposed to be here at 830. But <laughs> what can I do to help you get here at 830? So I'm right. letting you know the expectation but I'm also letting you know I understand things come up so what can I do to help you or what's happening um this year as far as it's gonna look different you know my motto is I'm gonna cry about it first and I'm gonna boss up <laughs> so it's bothering me that I'm not gonna be able to interact as normal so I'm just thinking of ways to be creative up uh, just out the box like doing things uh, we had this theme one year uh, I walk around I would say are you uncomfortable yet and when you become uncomfortable in this craft is when you excel. Mm-hmm. Are you okay with dancing and looking like a fool? Are you okay yep. with doing karaoke and you can't sing? Are you okay with, and even as a teacher, I remember at my last year in the classroom, I had 93% passed in the seventh grade math. And kids were coming to me second, third grade level. But I got uncomfortable. I started asking questions I knew they didn't know. So I was comfortable with my classroom being quiet because I know you're thinking now. You know, as teachers, sometimes we ask those surface questions and because we hear answers and we feel good. Like, I'm teaching. I hear it. They're saying things to me. I got uncomfortable. And that's when I became the best. I had my best year as a teacher. So as an administrator, I would tell other administrators, get uncomfortable. Look silly yep. sometimes. Uh, not, don't be afraid to say, look, everybody, we have an emergency meeting day. I messed up. Let me tell you. I messed up. I told you this. It ain't working. Let's go back to this. Bring it back to the table. A lot of people are afraid to say they messed up and be vulnerable. And I think that's what gives me success on the campus. Is my teachers know I'm, very, I'm human. Uh, they call me Petty P. It's a fun thing. I'm sarcastic. I'm going to be relevant at all times. And it just works for me uh, because at the same time, they know I genuinely care about them. So this year, I'm just thinking about it's going to be pretty dope. You know, I'm, I'm crying like, oh, we might, whatever might happen. And I'm like, okay, my mind just starts working. Like, what's in it? And I think it's a gift. Like, it just comes like, okay, we can do this. I think that'd be dope. We can do this. And just about staying relevant. Like, when I was in Keller, I had to know who Adele was. Right, because that's who they liked. So I had to know who, um, you know, Dixie Chicks and just staying relevant. It's Texas, right? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) But no, I think that's super important. Um, There are so many times where I've tried to go into um, a a leadership job. Like I used to consult and I would be in Montana and I would try to fit into this box. Mm -hmm. And I'm wild, I'm boisterous. Yeah. I'm a, what I call thug leadership. Like, yeah. I'm going to love on you, but, like, you better not ever do what you did again because yeah. you might have to catch these mental hands. I ain't going to put my hands on you. But, um, like, your staff has to see who you are, mm-hmm. and it's hard trying to fit into that box and that's not you. Right. Like, I rock Jordans in a suit to work. Yeah. Like, my feet hurt. I got to yeah. walk around this building all day in a pair of heels. I can't do it. But mm-hmm. that's what makes me comfortable. I allow all my teachers to wear sneakers because I expect you to be up on your feet teaching. If you sitting down, 
that's a problem for me because mm-hmm. our kids, we're in middle school. You you just yes. can't. You can't. Um, so Vernon, let's let's go. Give us something good. You on mute. Okay, you got it. It, it has been entertaining to uh entertaining, insightful, and informative. We're gonna hit him up with some alliteration right there. <laughs> in, in, insightful. Entertaining and informative to listen uh, to what you all have been saying. Um, really, as you've been doing that, I've been doing one of the things that I want to share with those that are listening, and and that has been introspection. Mm-hmm. And let me even go deeper than that. And really, I believe, and correct me if I'm inaccurate, that your question was really of the work that you're doing right now. Mm-hmm. You know, what what is the focus? What's the impact it's having? And really, for me. Um, I would encapsulate all of that in addition to the connect impact scale, really to bring it down to one word and that's identity. Mm -hmm. And so we are three parts. We are body, we are soul and we are spirit. And what I have seen over the years in a variety of different roles and, and very much so when I, uh, which is one of the things I absolutely totally love and enjoy about my life is the opportunity to do performance coaching with leaders and other people one-on-one and uh, in my private consulting business, and it's this. We try to make moves physically, right? I'm going to take action, but we really uh, have not thought about it. A lot of people talk about growth mindset, but there's even something beyond all of that, what you're doing and what the action is and what you're thinking about, and that is your spirit. And so a lot of times when we try to do something and we've not started with our spirit, how many of you know that, uh, you know, when you were coming up, the those that were a little more seasoned would be quick to tell you that's out of order. All right. So we need to have things in order. So in other words, I need to know who I am. I need to know who my spirit is. I need to feed my spirit. Once I know who my spirit is, everything emanates from there. That is the center. That is the DNA. And so what I've seen a lot of leaders do is try to do things in terms of physical movements without really knowing who they are. Mm-hmm. I appreciated what she just said when she said, you know, you have to stay in your lane, right? You have to know what your lane is yes. because a lot of times we tell people stay in your lane and they're like, uh, what does that mean? Uh, what is my lane? Right. And we're not doing enough of that as leaders and curriculum and instruction can't do that. Leadership classes can't do that. Right. Yes. Authentic, real dialogue is what helps each other mm-hmm. to say, Hey, who are you? I, I did that one time at a speaking engagement. I asked a, a room full of people, I asked them, I said, who are you? And some of them thought, well, you're asking me who my name is and what my name is. And I said, no, that's not what I'm asking. What I'm asking is, what do you represent? Who are you? What is at the core of who you are? Once I know that, I know how to think in a big way. So we're trying to get people to think in a big way. Some people call it growth mindset and there's nothing against growth mindset, but we're trying to get people to think in a big way and they don't even know who they are. Right. And then some people are trying to go ahead and make moves and, and you're not even thinking big and you don't even know who you are. And then they turn around and ask, Same. well, why is why, yes. why are my moves not being sustained? Why am I, why is this not working the way I want it to work? Because it's being perceived by the people you lead as being, I believe, the official term in academic vocabulary is perfunctory. In other words, you're just doing something. You're right. just doing something. It's not real. It's not authentic. It's manufactured. Because let me say this, you know, the saying is on the streets, real recognize real. But yes. in the Bible, it says spirits speak to spirits. Mm-hmm. So when you're real and you're authentic in your spirit, it's going to speak to people before you even open your mouth. And number one, I, I, it is so important. Everything you just said just like resonated. Um, someone and I, and I coach principals and they're like, Hannibal, you just have them eating out your hand. It takes you knowing who you are. Yep. Um, and that's point blank and period. Like, I don't have, like, I think about, like, my office. I, I don't even have an office. I have a collaborative space. It was a teacher, and she could not work unless she was sitting in my office typing her lesson plan in that space. I don't need to work in that space. But, like, knowing, not not, not only knowing who you are as a leader, but where uh, Principal Weston said is taking the time to get to know your people. And I don't like, I don't need to know everything about you, but like really getting to know people. Like I know right now there are some people that I have to, school is over and I want them on their vacation, but I got to text them every week. Like, Hey girl, you all right? 
What you doing? Yeah. You cooking something? Like, I just got to touch bases because I know even not being around the kids, they mm-hmm. would have worked summer school. They would have did everything because they just love being in this space. So being mm-hmm. away from everybody is hard for people. Right. Um, but I think going into leadership and diving back into what Vernon said was really sitting in your space, in a quiet space, and figuring out who you are as a leader. Figuring that out. And don't try to be anybody else. Um, if you don't want to wear J's and you want to wear, you know, red bottoms or Steve Madden's or whatever, do you. But do that in the spirit, though, of hopefully helping campuses, kids, and families grow. I was just going to say, I'll tell you what I challenged the leader to do the other day that, that is one of my private coaching clients. Uh, I said to him, I said, well, we were talking about this whole process of introspection, right? And I was telling him, you know, sit down, go through this process. And then I challenged him. So if you're a leader listening to this, this is a little uh, free bonus tip that I would typically give to my private coaching um, clients. I said, once you sit down and you do that introspection and you put some of that down to paper, I challenge you to share that with your staff and all of those that you lead. So not only do you know them and make efforts to know them, but you give them the ability to truly know you because they may know what they think is the position, but they may not necessarily know the person in the position. And how many of you know that, that when, you know, when we're dealing with, and I say this all the time with different speaking engagements, titles and positions yield the ordinary influence yields the extraordinary but I, I can't have influence. Say it again. You, first Say of all. it again. Start that yeah, over. Yeah, not a problem. Titles and positions yield the ordinary. Mm. Influence yields the extraordinary. Or as I tell people, the ordinary, but we put extra on it. The extraordinary. Mm-hmm. Extraordinary. So I can't have influence with you unless you trust me and I trust you. Mm-hmm. So a lot of a lot of leaders are trying to have this faux pseudo influence. Mm. But the people you're trying to have influence over don't even trust you. Pay less. So really, so really your base level Mm -hmm. move is not to try to quote unquote develop influence or capacity with influence. Your base level move is do the people even trust me? Mm. Right. And trust is really big. And I think it's also knowing like, you know, if you go to uh, districts, things and they give you things, you know, being able to sit back and say, I'm going to take the mission and the vision of this district and I'm going to use it, but I'm going to do it how it works for me and my campus. I think mm. a lot of people get stuck on this is what they said and this is how we got to do it. No, no, no. Oh. How can you shape it and mold it and put your spin on it to still meet the vision, but make sure everybody in your organization is comfortable. Even when it comes to parents, they come in and they always think, oh, you think you're all that because you, because clearly we're all degreed, right? Right. And <laughs> if you're a principal, they know you have a master's. If she thinks you're all that, ma'am, I'm a single mother like you. Ma'am, I understand. I'm. I got my son. I'm divorced too. Let being vulnerable in those states without mm-hmm. people knowing your business, but understanding we have a connection here, and the goal is to educate children. Right now, if you can't love kids, you can't work. If you don't love kids, you cannot work with me. It's a non-negotiable. You cannot work for me if you don't love children. But understand, we're on the same playing field. Like I'm barefoot half the time. <laughs> you know, they're looking like okay, she she's real, and I trust her with me being me. Because a lot of people give you the representative, and they'll give you the representative for 180. Seven days. That's right. So if you say this is who I am, they'll give you who they are, and they'll go. I I can tell any teacher right now. Hey, meet me at Carver at seven. Yep. And they're gonna be there mm-hmm. because they know if they say I need something, I'm gonna be there. It's little things like, hey, I know you have never made carpool line. I got your class today. You leave at two thirty. Yep. So you can make carpool today, like something that small. But some principals would be like, uh uh-uh, uh, they on contract at three forty. Oh no. What is it hurting you one time right. to let this mother who has a first grader who loves to see her face in carpool, let her go one day? Right. Let's yeah. see. Here's what happens with that. Right. Perfect example. And I've seen this over the years. You have a principal that doesn't flex. Yeah. Any leader, for that matter, that doesn't flex. So in other words, very much we go by the rules. Mm-hmm. But yep. the rules only give you the ordinary. Mm. And watch what happens. I've seen this many, many times over the years and in different places. Some situation turns around and the leader says, man, I've got to have this. And it's beyond what I can do myself. I've got to have other people help me do it. Yep. 
it's beyond what is normal scope for them. I have to ask them, will you help me? Mm-hmm. Yep. And people, and the people, 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 people remember that. And, yeah. and, and, and so if, if you have somebody who's like, you know what, uh, the time that you leave is two 30 and it's two 29, don't leave. But then you turn around two or three weeks later and say, Hey, can you stay a little bit later? The person's going to remember that. Yeah. And so when, when we, when you have those types of things, because see, here's what's happened. When you're a leader that leads that like that, what you're telling the person is, I don't trust you beyond the rules. So you'll never, ever get anything from that person <laughs> beyond the rules. That's right. So in other words, you just relegated, you yeah. just relegated your performance to the ordinary because you, because you're running your whole organization mm. by the rules. So you'll have a regular average ordinary organization at best. Mm-hmm. And in many cases, when I've seen leaders work that way, they've had quite the opposite of just ordinary. It's been absolutely horrible. Mm-hmm. And the people have, and I've had people tell me over the years, uh, I won't give that person my best. Yep. Right. Scared money don't gonna, make no money. Are they going to do, you know, those people that do nothing more, nothing less? I'm going to do exactly what's required of me. Yep. Nothing less, nothing more. You can't write me up because I'm doing it. Yep. But don't ask right. me to do anything else. Yep. I'm leaving at 344.59. Yes. <laughs> Feet but on what the you rocks. said, right? But what you said is so poignant in relation to what you just said a few moments ago. And it's this. If in the vision and mission statement, it has anything that specifically talks about or alludes to innovation, innovation has to be beyond, hey, I'm doing just enough to not be in trouble. So what is the leader doing to cultivate that? And so we got a lot of people saying they want innovation. And that's one of the reasons why I just am enjoying uh, this dialogue around culture, because I hear so many leaders and I've heard so many leaders over the years. Oh, I want to be innovative. I want to be a. Uh, uh, zone of innovation and, you know, do all this innovation stuff. And then I sit back and I look at their culture and I'm like, your culture doesn't, it doesn't cultivate. It doesn't nurture. It doesn't foster innovation. I mean, it's kind of like a mentor asked me one time, he said, do you plant uh, seeds from an orange and get a banana? No. I mean, the seed does its work. So whatever, you know, a little agricultural reference for those, those of you listening. So whatever you plant, that's, that's what right. you're going to get. Right. And, and Vernon brought up something really key, and then we're going to go on a quick break. Um, if you are doing mission and visions at your school and you just writing them things and sticking them on the front of the handbook or on the website, if you have not unpacked that too, in order for this mission and vision to work, what does it look like for the leader? What does it look like for the teacher? Like, do that work in a collaborative with everybody. What does it look like for students? What does it look like for families when this when this mission and vision comes to fruition? Um, but a lot of times we do it in isolation. Like a principal didn't type that thing up and it sound good and you stuck it on the handbook and nobody knows anything about it. And so when we come back, that's the first spot. Like we got to talk. The mission and vision is definitely going to change if we're not going to be on full brick and mortar. So what are we doing to really say all kids? All kids mean all kids. What are you doing? And so you're going to have to revisit that with everybody in the space. So when we come back from break, Erica is going to lead out with what do we do in leadership not to stress the hell out as leaders (laughs) when we come back. This week's episode is brought to you by the Unapologetically Educated Store. Yeah. You heard that right. The Unapologetically Educated Store. You can find all the educational flair you need on the Unapologetically Educated Store. But it gives us a little bit extra for that school leader, that extra style, that extra mug to get through the day. So if you don't know about it, go to www.unapologeticallyeducated.com to access the store. All right, we're back from break, and we started on this whole tangent of a whole nother conversation for a whole nother day, but it was a good conversation. Um, but we have Erica. Erica's going to talk to us. She's the mental health professional here in this group. And what do we, two things we need to do as leaders not to stress ourselves the hell out? Like, give us two. You don't even have to say hell. You know, you know, I, I take that. <laughs> Um, the first thing I would suggest is don't try and do everything by yourself. Mm. What can be delegated, delegate to someone that you trust. Of course, that assumes that you've built trust with specific members of 
your staff, whether it's other administrators, um, team leaders, um, things like that, to where you're not trying to do it all by yourself. I think sometimes people stretch themselves too thin because they want to have their hands in it to make sure it goes correctly and, and they're not willing to, to let some things go in, in order to um, put their focus on the things that they have more strength to perform. So you got to kind of play to your strengths. Okay. So if other people have strengths that you don't have, engage them, let them know what your needs are and go to them and say, hey, here, this is my strength, but this over here is not it. Do you think this is something you can assist me with and we can work together on it? Um, so that would probably be the main thing is practicing delegation. Okay. Um, because you don't want to stress stretch yourself too thin because that will cause you to be stressed. You know, people running around necess not necessarily knowing which way to go or which um, which challenge to tackle first. Right. Um, another point would be people always talk about self-care. <laughs> I believe that you can't quite engage in self-care until you know where the stress is coming from. So in some cases, it may not even be anything that's going on with your school that's causing you stress. It may be outside of the school building. Um, my first year teaching, I was going through a divorce. My grandmother passed away. Um, you but people have challenges happen in life. People have issues with their own children. Um, people have issues with their parents, you know, family relationships. Um, you may have got a diagnosis, you know, that you don't quite know how to cope with, but those are things that you're going to have to figure out. Okay. What is it that's causing me the stress? so that I can know how to appropriately practice self-care. So gotcha. if you're going through a divorce, just going to get your nails done is not gonna <laughs> fix that. You might actually need to see a therapist mm -hmm. you know, right. to get you through, especially depending on how long you were together, yeah. what type of relationship it was that you're leaving. You may need to actually see somebody. Right. You may need to actually, with, with everything going on with things shutting down, you may need to find a way to take some type of even short vacation to all the way unplug before you dive back in and people, you know, people are going to be pulling, pulling from you. Gotcha. So you have to figure out what your specific stress is in order to practice the appropriate self-care because it's going to look different right. for everybody. You want you had something to say, principal? Oh no, are we are we all answering this question? No, no, no. I just I heard you doing a lot of amen cornering. <laughs> well, I had those same notes. Um, as far as the me time, I have it on the calendar where you like specifically plan, like mark it off. I have blackout days, mm -hmm. and I'm a single mother at this point, so I have you know the every other weekend thing. Got you. So one of those third, fifth, or first Fridays, it's a blackout weekend for me, meaning. I'm telling my friends I gotta say no mm. this weekend. I'm doing nothing but it's for me. Sometimes it's just sleep. Right. Um. Yeah. I remember I earlier this year I had to go uh, to a doctor. I was like, listen, when I'm sleeping, I'm literally praying, asking the Lord for my mind to stop mm. moving, mm -hmm. like sitting up in the bed, like God, please, just I don't want to think about anything. And so getting that type of sleep where it's real sleep, like yes. you know, in our, in our sleep, we're thinking I have sticky notes on the yeah. side of my bed. <laughs> so those things. And then when she said I really was amen. And when she said about the team, because on my notes, I literally wrote, have a dope team, especially your A team. Mm -hmm. Your coaches, your AP, yep. they have to be dope. You have to trust them. And, you know, fortunately for me, I'm like, hey, is it wrong for my team if I come to this school? Yep. It, it's very important to have the team that you trust Same. and you can, you know, when we have our leadership team meetings, I'm Raquel, that's mm -hmm. Tish, this yep. is Karen, this is a Raven. I mean, I have a potty mouth outside of work. But in those meetings, I'm I'm me. And right. that's how you thrive. And I think, and even when I tell my team, I tell my teachers, you always want to be the type of professional that even if you don't like me mm -hmm. as your principal, you want to work to where if I leave, I want to take you. Right. 
That's right. Even if you wouldn't go with me. Right. You want me to come say, hey, you want to come with me? Yeah. Like, I had four people came with me from Plummer Mm -hmm. to Lancaster. Just like with Dr. Granger. He was my principal in the middle middle school. I I was always a professional. Mm -hmm. That's another whole nother story. Right. (laughs) I'm a, a professional. But... I, he wanted me, I think, I believe he would take me anywhere he wanted me to go. And mm-hmm. for him, the way he led, I'm going to ask you, do you have room for me? Right. Yeah. Right. So just being a, the team is very, very important. You know, you know, Tish, she's a yes. blue and we, we did personality traits. So I need her to tell me to like, okay, it's all right. Be a little bit softer. <laughs> yeah. Then my counselor is just straightforward. Like, nah, we ain't doing that. My counselor that. like that right? too. So, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. and then you don't want. Yeah. <laughs> People think counselor's supposed to be soft. I, uh-uh. I have had My counselor's not like that. Mine no. either. They both thugs. I said, now, wait a minute. Yeah, <laughs> I'm like, actually mm-hmm. the nice one of the group. I'm the sweetheart, and they're like, nope, you need to suck it up. Do not cry. Don't go in there. Be tough. And I have they, a good mix. Yeah. I'm like, mm-mm. Nah, we ain't doing that. Mm-mm. But and then also not having people on your, <clears throat> on your team that's going to tell you yes, 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 that sounds good. Yes, nah, yes, yes. My team is like, uh-uh. You ain't think about that all the way through. Or what can right. we add to it? Yeah. My my team right. go, uh-uh, there's no unicorns today. We've got mm-hmm. business today, so yeah. we're not thinking unicorns. Okay, mm-hmm. so. <sighs> so that helps me not stress out. And then I was telling them in my meetings, we got like 10 meetings. Of, we, you know, we're going to bull, bull crap around a little bit. But yes. 10 minutes. I need 10 minutes to just talk about, um, you know, and everybody on my team is married. Mm. So I'm a single one. And I'm like, y'all ain't got no, y'all husband ain't got no friends. And they're like, what is the meeting about? This, I just need 10 minutes of just real life. Right. But like, I think that's the honest space that we have to live in mm. and, and being, we got to all get it out too. And I think that's a whole nother self-care tip, like being able to be vulnerable in the space. Um, we have our 18 retreats and we do them mm-hmm. every other month. And, you know, yep. we've did. Some drunk karaoke. I'm sorry, my superintendent may be listening. But uh, <laughs> we've did a little bit of it all. So let's get to this part. If you could wave, and I'm going to start with Vernon. If you could wave a magic wand right now, what do you wish every educator had in their toolkit to either lead classrooms or lead schools before they return? An understanding from business on how to be nimble and how to be able to shift mm. and shift their paradigms quickly. Because sometimes you need to, and I say this as somebody that used to be part of a campus-based leadership team, sometimes before you get the AOK from up higher, you need to respond quickly to address whatever a situation is. Mm. And so we need to be able to understand that is there a place for structure and a chain of command? Yes, there is. However, as well, we need to all in education be nimble. And so what I mentioned to someone on another podcast that I was a guest on recently is this, uh, and I'm going to show my bias, right? Because my bachelor's degree is in economics and finance, uh, bachelor of business administration, master's in educational leadership is this. I believe every educational leader should go through something that is like a miniaturized, mini super condensed MBA type of training. Because being a leader in today's educational environment is not, it's not like it was back in the day where it's just, you know, know some curriculum and instruction, know the standards, manage the budget. Uh, yeah. Know how to, know how to operate the building. You know, who's your maintenance and operations people, who's schools security, who are your cafeteria people, you know, things like that. Today, being a leader in today's environment requires skill sets beyond that. But my wondering is this, like, because everybody's always talking about what PD are you doing for teachers? The real question I ask, especially in my space, when I coach so many leaders professionally, uh, uh, privately, I should say, in my coaching business is this. (laughs) What PD have you done for leaders to Mm -hmm. make sure that leaders have the current skills that they need to lead schools? And um, I think that is an area where education in general, we have a lot of room to, to really uh, yeah. capture that moment and address mm-hmm. that. All right. Um, Erica, wave that magic wand. What do you think every leader, what do you want them to have in their toolkit before they go back to school? So either a teacher um, or the school leader. I would say empathy. Mm-hmm. We are all coming out or, you know, we are all really in the midst of a challenging time. Um, and even if we've had communication with students and families, we still don't fully know what they've been going through during this time. So some, it may be fairly normal. Some, um, 
may be experiencing, you know, significant challenges, like if the parents are, you know, went through unemployment or are currently unemployed when they had a job before. So maybe things are different in the household. Um, here in Florida, evictions are on hold, but who's to say that as soon as that's up, that's right. that kids won't be homeless right. in the next couple of months or when school starts because they don't necessarily have a place to stay or know where, where they're going to live yet. Um, so I think that empathy would be the key to meeting everybody, students, right. teachers, and everybody meeting you where you are. That requires some vulnerability on the adult's part. But it also requires some understanding on the children, um, because at every level, they're still children, um, whether they're as tall as you or not, they're still children. Um, and everybody's going to have completely different experiences as a result of not only with COVID, but all of the different um, racial tensions that are going on and seeing protests and even being involved in protests and you know, being inundated with whatever the news is of the day, everybody's going to be in a different headspace. Gotcha. So I think that empathy is going to play a major role as the school, you know, people return to school. All right. Principal Wesson. We vibe. Her and I vibe. <laughs> Listen, I already knew that when I saw you in the camo, because I'm a camo fan. They, so are you? Yes, 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 we vibe. So I my, I have a vulnerability as well, empathy. And then you know, I'm really big on forgiveness. Mm-hmm. Um, what I mean by that is, like, I always tell that nothing bothers me more than a teacher that holds on to what a kid did, mm-hmm. like, the whole school year. Yes. Like, dude, let it go. Let it go. You know, or doesn't want, um, you know, and you want, but you want me to let go of what you did. Um, So this year, I think it's going to have to be a lot of vulnerability and forgiveness, especially when we're talking to parents. Um, Like we say, we don't know what they're going through. Um, And, you know, sometimes you have to sit down with those teachers down and say, it's okay to say I'm sorry. It's okay to say, Mr. or Mrs. Thompson, I'm sorry. Can we, what can we do to work together? And I think that's going to be huge for us this year. It's always big for me, but things going to be even bigger this year because it's, it's, it might not be face-to-face. Right. So you can't feel my uh, my passion over the phone or on a Zoom. If I could touch you and tell you right. I'm here to work with you, it's different. And so we're on the same page with that. So um, we got to get out of here. We're already done with the show. Mm-hmm. But as uh-huh. we conclude, I know, right? As we conclude, though, we have to do my favorite part of the show. So um, thank God a teacher raised me is my ode to just fantabulous teachers doing the work. And that could be any anybody in the building is considered a teacher to me. Mm-hmm. So when I celebrate a Teacher Appreciation Week, I celebrate Teacher Appreciation Week from for everybody in the building. Me too. Um, so... This is going to be a web series where we do small interviews with teachers across the country that people have nominated to just say that they thank God for. Um, So you guys are going to do your one minute uh, shout out to a teacher, past or present, that um, has inspired you and led you to be who you are, which is simply amazing. And we're going to start with... No. (laughs) (laughs) We're going to start with Vernon. Let's go. He has it. He has it together. Yeah, thank you so much. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to twist this up, right, and go ahead and, and uh, come from my spirit when I say this and, and really make it to be shout-outs from my PLN. Uh, we'll make this quick. Disrupt it TV, thank you. Uh, before people started talking about uh, equity and giving voices that weren't known a chance, you gave me a chance. Thank you. Evan and Laura Rob, you did the same before it became the end thing to do. Chris Velicello from North Rockland up in New York. Thank you, sir, for always being my support behind the scenes. Congratulations on your superintendency. Basil Morin, my brother, Basil Morin, ASCD emerging leader. Yes, he is. This is only just the beginning, Basil, for you and I and for what we are going to do. You know, the deep conversations we've had, my brother, in 2020 and beyond. The sky's the limit. William Stubbs. My man from Dallas, the 214 area code, William Stubbs. My man, thank you for what you have done to bring black male educators together in the Dallas-Fort Worth area and beyond. Mm -hmm. Much respect for you. You make me better. You have blessed me. And so many other individuals, thank you for making me who I am so I can turn around and make other people 
who they are and elevate voices. Thank you. Awesome. All right, Erica. All right. So I'd like to thank my younger sister. Um, her name is Tony Worthily. She teaches high school. And this was her, I think it was her 14th year teaching. So she actually began teaching before I did. Um, but she is currently over the law program at her school. And I think it's so phenomenal to have a black female that's over the law program at a high school and being able to um, teach that in a school that is predominantly white. I think it's important for all of the children to see um, all of the students to be able to see her in that role and give her the respect that is due. You know, she got the position for because she has been a lawyer. That was her career before teaching. Um, and I think that's important. Um, and, and we're able to bounce things off of each other and exchange stories. I'm able to provide her with advice um, related to her students. She's able to provide me with advice with the needs that she's seeing of the people that she's working with in our building. So we really work in tandem together. Um, and she's supported me in my efforts to continue to do the work in providing mental health education in schools. So yes, my sister, Tony Worthily, who's the one that introduced me to becoming an educator. <laughs> All right. All right. All right. Principal Wesson. Okay. So I want to thank, thank uh, Dr. Terry Flowers um, at St. Philip School of Community Center in South Dallas. Um, was my first principal ever. He's It's an elementary school. Um, very, very, it was culturally motivating uh, you know they have chapel and he he was just very connecting he still wishes me happy birthday to this day um that's very special to me um dr granger was my principal when i was at the middle school in lancaster isd um he taught me everything about serving leadership taught me everything about pushing the limit motivating people and when to he he showed us how to put that sprinkle of love in at the right times and so and then I add my own flavor to it, but that was really big. Dr. Waits in Lancaster ISD, he gave me my first shot as an administrator. I was his AP. Um, Karen Franklin, Tish Johnson, Arabian Lewis, um, they just ride out for me no matter what. Um, ride or die for sure. Um, and then the teachers at Plummer, uh, my first group of teachers as, my, as a principal, as a campus leader. And then the teachers at Carver. My first principalship in Lancaster, Carver was a dream of mine as a teacher in Lancaster. I was like, I want to be the principal at the sixth grade center. Uh -huh. And so making that dream come true and making it be fun was a big deal. And then lastly, my mama. Uh, she's in education. She set the bar. A hard work, single mom, just just flat out dope, creative. So I watched a lot of things that she did out the box, teaching, reading through song lyrics, things mm -hmm. like that. Way back in the nineties. Um, so it was out way the back. box then. Well, way I mean, back. but you know, back then, <laughs> right. People really were teaching straight. Uh, you know, yeah, they had the, the overhead boxes. projector. <laughs> yes. You know, you know, you rolled the cart in. You know, it's a free day because the TV was on the cart. That's right. So she was just out the box back then, which was kind of rare. Um, so just watching her and just, you know, following in her footsteps. And so those are the people that I would think. All right. So thank you. And if I could oh, just, just inspired um, by what you just said, um, let me go ahead and give a shout out to my mom as well. And my late father who is in heaven, a Hebrew says there's a great cloud of witnesses. I know he's shining down and looking proudly. Let me also go ahead and say thanks to Microsoft edu fabulous thank you for the opportunity to work with you and q inc chief learning officer john caripo thank you sir you have always been a long standing proponent and support of mine behind the scenes and as well pam gildersleeve hernandez executive director at q thank you all right. So um, these people are uh, flooded throughout social media. Principal Weston ain't on there a lot, so I'm going to get on to her. On what? Are Twitter? You on Twitter. Well, I mean, the school year is over, kind of. The learning is never over. You know what you I gotta mean? You got to collaborate with the people. So I'm, I do a lot on Facebook. Okay. I share it on Twitter. So uh, the right <laughs> leader is for Vernon. Um, yes. Erica, is it Erica N. Worthley? Yes. On, she's on, are you on Instagram and Twitter? I'm on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, LinkedIn. So I will post all of their um, handles inside of the um, podcast description. I post, it. I post it. Man, that stuff old. No, it's not. Okay. So um, we got COVID tested, guys. I'm negative. 
Well, thank you for that. I'm glad you're right next to me and you negative. Uh, thank you guys so much for everything you do. Keep pouring into kids. Keep loving them. Y'all tell them bye. Bye. We are done with season one. Thank you to all of the co-hosts that came on the show this season. I am honored and blessed to be amongst some phenomenal leaders doing this work. So to close out season one, my reflection comes from the book of Stevie Wonder. And one of my favorite songs is, and I spoke about it in the show today, Love's in Need of Love Today. And some of the lyrics I want to share with you really quickly. And the lyrics are, it's that love's in need of love today. Don't delay, send yours in right away. Hate's going round, breaking many hearts. Stop it, please, before it's gone too far. As an educational collective, we have so many people that don't know a damn thing about education telling us how to do education. It is confusing. It is overwhelming. It is tiresome. And so I just want to tell you, like, I see you. I appreciate you, school principals. I appreciate educators all around, but specifically school principals, because the fate and the weight of everything that happens in that building is on the school principal. And guys, this is life or death now. This is life or death. And so I say to you, I appreciate you. I know that we're going to figure this out as a collective because, yes, we're going to partner with our teachers, our paraprofessionals, our office staff, our custodians, upper administration, the parents, the community, the students. We're going to do all that partnering so we can figure it out. But, guys, we're going to stumble along the way and it's okay. So just know if nobody else told you, unapologetically educated, appreciates you. And if you ever need support, man, reach out. Thanks for listening.